0: want to look at the scriptures this, uh, this morning. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Luke chapter 1, verse 46. If you have your Bible on a phone or iPad or whatever you have your Bible. Let's look at God's Word this morning. Look up the book of Dr. Luke here. Let's look at verse 46. We're going to look at the song of Mary this morning, what it says in verse 46, And Mary said, My soul, thou magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoice in God my Savior. For he hath regard the lowest state of his handmaid, for behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is might hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He had shown strength with his arm and had scattered the proud in, imagine, in the imagination of their hearts. He had put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of a low degree. He had lifted the hungry with good things, and the rich he had sent empty, empty way. He had holden his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He had spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to a seed forever. And Mary abode with her about three months, and return to her own house. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this uh, young lady by the name of Mary, a virgin that was in Israel, one that was a godly woman, on which you used as a vessel on which Jesus came. I pray, Father, may we not elevate her to the position like many do, which is unbiblical and wrong. Lord, help us to do justice, or help me to do justice to this message this morning. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, today I'm not going to throw any denomination down or preach down to them, but I'm going to say something. We are, all of us are born sinners. Yeah. Right. All of us, without exception, nobody is born sinless, everybody's a sinner by birth. Yep. So was Mary. That's right. Right. There's no way in the Bible you can find that Mary was immaculate, I mean, without sin. She was born of, a, of a, man, uh, a, a mom and a dad, and she was born a sinner. And right here in her song, she admits, she says, God, my Savior. Right. In the book of Acts, you're finding her praying. <laughs> so you can see that Mary... Is not God. Mary is not the mother of God. God already was before Mary was born. Alright, so we need to we need to be careful with that. She was a vessel used by God. So God could have a human flesh and she's blood for us on the cross of Calvary. Okay? So, well, those statements, of course, contradict the Bible, and this morning we are going to deal with those issues. My question to you this morning is do you believe that the Bible is the word? of God and the word of truth. If you believe that, then we can move forward, okay? If you do, let me tell you that according to the Bible, those statements about Mary that we hear all over the place are are, are, are not foundational truths. They're man-made philosophies that are very unbiblical by its very nature. We are familiar with the accounts surrounding the birth of our Lord. We are. In the months preceding Jesus' birth, Mary felt... Uh, felt, felt great anxiety as well as probably a matchless wonder about what's going to happen. She was a virgin exposed to a man named Joseph. And she, was, uh, uh, and she was with child, not from Joseph. The child within her womb was not ordinary child. It was the promised Messiah. And actually, if you look in history, every virgin in Israel was waiting for that promise because a Messiah was promised to come one day. And those young ladies, they look for, is that me? Is that me? They don't know. But now he would come one day. As difficult and uncertain as those days were, Mary rejoiced because of what the Lord had done. Listen, Mary is not like simple, person. she was a smart girl. She asked the angel, how can this be? Because I know no man. She was a smart woman. So these verses record her song of praise, how and as, as the magnificent, I'm sorry, magnificent song translated from the Latin, the words, it's, it's many people recognize this song. It's, she says, my soul, thou magnify the Lord. So the focus of the text is praise to the coming King, the Lord Jesus. Christmas is a special time, let me tell you this, to celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, some people say, okay, you know, Christmas tree not part of Christmas. These things, mistletoe not part of Christmas. These things are not part of Christmas. Jesus is not even born in December. And I say, so what? You know how many things, uh, you know, people made for your own birthday? Where were you born? In a hospital somewhere? In a home somewhere? In a, in a bus? In a car? Where were you born? You don't know. Your parents tell you, oh, you were born in this place. I was born in a hospital. There was no birthday cakes there, right? Mm-hmm. There was nothing of this nature. So why do we get so hooked up in these things? Listen, it's a celebration. Let's celebrate the birth of our Savior. Yeah. All right, let's say he's born in the spring. So what? How many people, you know, they're away, and they can't celebrate their birthday, and the family, when they come, like, two or three months later, celebrate their birthday? Sure. We we'll say, oh, you're going to avoid your birthday today because, you know, you, you already passed the date. No. What about if you're born February 29? That's good. Every four years? So we void your birthday every every year until the 29th comes about. You see, it's silly. We get hooked up on those things. Listen, December, we as Christians, we celebrate something that is great, something wonderful. The birth of our Savior, the one who came to die for our sins. Amen. Should be a cause of celebration. But this morning, we're going to actually geared towards one of the characters of Christmas, which is Mary. Let's look at this for seven points about Mary this morning, because Mary plays a big thing at Christmas. And number one here, we, let's look at her character, Mary's, Mary's character. Folks, as we look at the life of Mary, there's something that immediately jumps at us. Mary is a godly teenage girl, all right? She is a godly girl in Israel. She is a young woman who loves the Lord and trusts the Lord. No doubt, of all the teenagers of Israel at that time, God found grace and God looked at Mary with grace and God said, you are the one. Obviously, she was, she was a special girl or special young woman, I would say. So, God knew her heart and God knew that he could use her to be a, the vessel to bring Jesus into the world. You know, God knows your heart and my heart. God knows. And God knows what he can, how He can use you and me. That a hey, we see Mary learned to trust God. Mm-hmm. We see this from verse 37 to 38. Uh, uh, we, we, we look at these things. So Mary had, uh, was raised a poor girl, but, God, but in a godly home where life was hard, but God was good. When, we, when she heard that she was to be the mother of the Messiah, she didn't know how it would turn out for her, either in the in 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 present or future. Let me put it this way. We look back at the story. We say, oh, okay, this is what happened. She was living the story. You follow that? She didn't know. To, for the, I mean, you know when, I'm sorry. When people were talking about that, the Bible says that she pounded those words in her heart. About what was being said about Jesus. She didn't know. She was living the story. We look back. You see. She simply heard the angel say. Uh, Luke 1.37. For with God. Nothing. Shall be. Impossible. Mary simply answered with total readiness. Verse 38. And Mary said behold. She said how could these things be? And the angel said, with God, nothing is impossible. And Mary said, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, or the servant of the Lord, be unto me according to thy word. She gave her life to, to the Lord and said, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, I'm willing to do it. Even knowing how hard it was going to be. Can you imagine? This young lady at that age, at that culture, she was going to be what child and what people were going to say. Don't you know she could even go to the risk of being stoned to death? Publicly humiliated? She, she knew the risks about it. When she said, no, Lord, according to thy word, whatever you want to do, I'm willing to do it. You see, let it be Mary's personal choice prepared her heart. Look at verse 27. To a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. See, she had decided early on to maintain moral purity. Don't get the idea that this was an easy thing in her day. Because in every age, every age there is temptation. Because we're all sinners, right? She dealt with the same sexual temptation that any other girl today does. She was a sinner just like any other young woman. But she made a personal choice to stay moral, pure to the Lord. And the Lord honored that. And the Lord said, I'm going to use you. Even during her uh, time when she was a a spouse to Joseph, she kept herself chaste and right. Actually, 2 Timothy 2.20 says these words. But it's a great house. But in a great house, there is not only vessels of, God, of gold and silver, but also of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. And if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. In verse 22 says, Flee also youthful lusts, and follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with then that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So purity place, places us in a position to be blessed of the Lord. Mary had kept herself in obedience to the Lord and for her husband to be. So when news of her pregnancy came, she knew that God was up to something special. Let us see. Mary knew the true identity of the son she would bear. Look at verse 30 and verse 31. She knew, says, and the angel said unto her, Fear not Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, I shall conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. You know, the angel was telling everything to her. You don't even have a choice of giving the, the child's name. I'm giving you the name. His name is Jesus. Okay? And verse 22 says, And he shall be great, and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord shall give him the throne of his father, David. Is the promise right there, made to to the children of Israel. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There shall be no end. Mary heard those titles, Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, son of the most high Messiah. Before anyone else on earth knew who Jesus was or why he came, Mary knew. She understood the purpose of her pregnancy and all scandals in the world that could, would not change her purpose, what she was going to do. She knew what she was going to go through. She knew, but she knew what God was about to do. You see, we're almost ready to hear her solo here. She's singing that song. But first we go to the home of Zechariah right here and Elizabeth, to whom Mary is related. And as soon as the angels departed, Mary made a beeline to Elizabeth's house which was several days' journey away. Imagine for a young a, a woman uh, expecting a child to, to go that way. Then as soon as Mary entered in the house, and Elizabeth hears the, her voice, the Holy Spirit confirms the truth in her mind, and she shouts out. Look at verse 42 on Luke 1. And she spake with a loud voice, and behold, blessed art thou woman, um, uh, uh, woman and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. That's Elizabeth speaking. And hence is this to me... That the mother of my Lord shall come to me. It was a confirmation that God was doing something great in Israel. And is using a young virgin named Mary. Folks, let me put it this way. There's no way. There's no part in the Bible on which teaches that Mary is God. You do not find that. Mary was a sinner just like me and you. And it was a vessel like you can be. You and I can be used for the Lord, how many vessels the Lord have used through the ages to do great things for Him? Mary was one of those. All right. So number one, number two, we see Mary undeserved grace. Of all people, we see Mary here acknowledging her uh, of her serving uh, grace, right? Serving grace, right? Pay attention uh, to the simple words of this teenage young lady, and you will. Be kept from, from error in regards or any mistakes from regards to Mary. Notice this self description of her praise to God. Look at uh, letter A, her acknowledgement, verse 46 and verse 47. Mary calls God my Savior in the opening line of her song. Look what it says. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit had rejoiced in God my Savior. You follow that? By calling. God who is Savior, she's acknowledging to be a sinner just like me and you. Only sinners need a Savior, folks. You follow that? Only sinner needs a Savior. You know, Jesus said, he said, I came to, save, to seek and to save that which was lost. Listen, if a person, person doesn't admit that person is not sick, that person doesn't need a doctor. Why do we go to the doctor? Because we're sick, or we think we're sick, you know? And it's a good one deal with a good bill of health. Right? Nothing wrong. But the same thing. Jesus came to save, to seek, and to save those who are lost. Many people think they are not lost. You know what? If you don't have Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are lost. Spiritually dead. Spiritually lost. And you know why? You are not find heaven. <laughs> On your own. No religion will cause you to find heaven. You know why? Because Jesus is the only way. Right. And Mary knew that. Mary knew that. See, by calling God her Savior, she was acknowledging that he, she was a sinner. And like I said, only sinners need a Savior. Mary sees herself now as, a, uh, now as an offspring of immaculate conception, because she's not. Her mom and dad were sinners just like her, where she was born without sin. Listen, she was born as a sinner, and she was, she was a sinful creature. See, Mary put it this. She was a very special young lady. A godly woman for of all the virgins of Israel that day she was the most and a great special person in the eyes of God. Number one, she sings of God's looking at the humble condition of his slave in. Look at verse 48, and we had regard the low estate of his handmaid, for behold from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed she said, The lowest state of his handmaid. She literally considers herself a servant. That's what she considers. Literally, she sees her insignificant. she is, to the greatness of God. Her words tell us that Mary felt totally unworthy to be chosen of God. Can you imagine uh, an angel shows up at Mary and the angel said, this is what God is going to do in you, Mary. And she, she looks at this and she said, me? Who am I? Even to deserve such a a wonderful promise. You know, same thing. You know, we should stay in awe of who God is. And when God calls us to do something, we should say, who am I, Lord? Who am I, Lord? Who who am I even for you to use me, such a sinner like me? You know, Mary looked at this and said, Lord, I'm not worthy of this. You know, to be the vessel that you're going to use for the Messiah to be born. You you must, Lord, who am I here? Wow. Mary was struck by the the lower estate. And how could God even think of her? You know, many times I have asked that question out loud or in my heart. Who am I, Lord? Why are you using me? Did you ever ask that question? I asked that question many times. Lord, who am I? Lord... I'm just a rotten sinner. Who am I for you to use me? I look at you, you're so holy and perfect and pure, powerful. And why are you using me, Lord? I'm nothing. Number two, she sees God's actions toward her as an evidence of his mercy. Look at verse 15. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. She. She looked into the future, and he said, in every generation, God can use someone. She sings that His mercy is from generation to generation who fear the Lord. I tell you what, in God's merciful to all of us, isn't His mercy goes from generation to generation? Isn't His mercy new every morning? I say, praise the Lord. For his mercy, because if it was not for the Lord's mercy, he would consume this whole earth. Can you imagine when God looks on the earth how much wickedness he sees all the time, constantly? I mean, we, we, we only see here and now, and we can only see the wickedness of now, but God sees all. You know, in this field, this planet, which is nice and round, not flat, nice and round, okay? He sees every wickedness that goes on constantly. All the time. And God said, because of his mercy, he doesn't consume all of us in one shot. He could go, I'm done with this thing. But God is merciful. And she says right here in her song, he is merciful from generation to generation. You know why you saved if you're a Christian? Because of God's mercy and grace. Because you and I, we don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve heaven. You know, people say, you know, you try to tell tell them about Jesus. Oh, I'm good. I'm good. And when I die, I'll go to heaven because I'm a good person. The Bible says the contrary. The Bible says, there's no one one good, no, not one. We think that, you know what, we go into heaven and say, move aside, this is my place now. (laughs) Who are are we even even to say that? People think they're going to do that. You know what, the knee will bow. And the tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You know, they think they're gonna. Oh, I had people that said to me one night, "I'm going to tell God what he needs to hear." <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, it's going to be the other way around. You know what? Uh, when you look at the Bible, and every time people saw God or an angel, fear petrified them. Some people think. The, Number three, she is amazed at God who knows her so well and chooses her anyway. Who am I? How can God use me, a sinner like me? You know what? God knows me more than I know myself. God knows my ins and outs. God knows my potential. God knows my weakness. He even knows how many years I have in my hands. And Mary is in a state of awe. How could God use me? He knows how I am. You ever been like that? Lord, how can you use me? You know how I am. I'm a sinful creature. Who, who, which, which one of the disciples said, apart from me, Lord, he was so overwhelmed. There's one of them. I, I I don't want to say a name that doesn't pop in my mind right now. But she was in, in the state of she was amazed how God knew her. Let's go to point number three. Mary recognized God's rescue power. Mary recognized. Mary sings uh, a radical, a radical re- reverses from what our world values, shifting everything we try to establish so that it magnifies God's justice for His people. Three groups of people will be impacted here. Number one, letter A, he will rescue the helpless. Look what it says in verse 51. He had uh, showed strength with his arm. He had scattered the proud and, imagine, and the imagination of their hearts. Now Mary is just a young girl right here, a young lady, not a political analysis right here. She doesn't know nothing about politics. She's just a young lady. She is standing in the living room of all the relative in the hill country of Judea singing a song, but she saw it coming. Her boy, her boy child will end up the center of power men have established on the earth. And let me tell you, this baby is God's signal to power brokers in every uh, status of society, in the end of the human strength, and self-centered, ambitious people that live throughout this land. And let me tell you, people think they're so strong, people step on people's heads. You know what? Here's one that stands up and say, I am God. Amen. That's what he said. I am God. I love the opening of line 51. He had shown strength with his arm. Get this. When I think of how many overpaid sports figures, how many uh, naughty business executives, and how many self-consumed celebrities, and how many prideful politician leaders have their self-deceived try to to arm wrestle with God and do and so walk over all kinds of people, I think of this verse. God is the one who holds power. God is the one who's going to ask him, what did you do? Listen, if you are caught up in this world's values, you just you'll flash out the option of this morning. You feel that you are band deal with the what with, with if you look at the world like this, if you look at the world, you're gonna miss what Mary is singing here. Don't follow after actors, act actors, and make fame or out your greatest goal. Don't despair over which Party wins the most seats in Congress. Don't lose sleep over an unfair, uh, unfair, uh, uh, how unfair you both treat you. Don't think that no one have a ba- as bad as you have. Don't think that no one can help you. Folks, I know that we look at this at this song uh, 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 as a Christmas song, but this song goes further than this. This song comes from the lips of a Jewish young uh, girl, born sinner, who. Claimed that she had, and uh, and many claimed that she she was born by immaculate conception, which is not. This is the song of a young girl that acknowledged that she is a sinner and who glorifies God with her lips. I tell you what. Why look at politicians? Why look at this, look at that? Why don't we look at God for who he is? Why this Christmas season? Why don't we celebrate Jesus for who he is? Who is Jesus? Our great Savior, our great God. You know, our world was so corrupt. Look how, how our young, gener- uh, young, uh, young people, they try to imitate this person and that person and that person. They're like, why don't you be who you are, the way God made you? Why don't you be that and rejoice in that? You know, people are born poor, they want to be rich and they do everything to get there. Look, if the Lord wants to bless with riches, He will bless with riches. But, but to be corrupt all the way up, it's not good as a very ungodly. We're a world we live in. Everybody wants to look after someone. What about looking to Jesus? The author and finish of our faith. Everybody wants to imitate somebody. Why don't follow the footsteps of Jesus? Amen. Yeah. Are you discouraged this morning? Beaten down, lonely? Let, let the song of Mary just Lift you up this morning. Bring your case to the Lord. He is our helper in times of need, isn't he? Let it be, he will exalt the humble. Look at verse 52. He had put down the mighty from their seats and exalt them of a low degree. You say, Pastor, no, this doesn't happen today. Really? Listen, he had throw down the mighty from their thrones and exalt the lowly. Write in the margin of your Bible if you want, Nebuchadnezzar. What did he do? He lifted him up so he could take Israel out of the land of Judah. But he put him down because of his pride. How many leaders in our world, dictators, have come down out of their pride? How many? Can we go through the pages of history and read about their names? Oh, I said, well, that's coincidence. No, no, it's God Almighty. When God's judgment came upon Nebuchadnezzar because of his pride, the former king immediately declared the truth. Look what it says in Daniel chapter 4 verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, look what it says, and exalt and honor the king of heaven. All whose, uh, whose works are true and his ways, judgment, and those that walk in pride is able to abase. See, actually, this guy even he recognized the guys, the God of heaven. He admits with his own lips who God was. many don't do that. How many times has the Lord disposed the hitless and the Usain's of this world? He breaks their bowels, he stops their projects, He brings them low and, then, and the meek end up inheriting the earth. We think like it's coincidence. Folks, it's not coincidence. You know, the Bible says that God is the one who puts people in power and takes them down. He said, no, that's because people vote on him. No, no, it's God. God is the one who instituted government, not men. You know who instituted government? God did. It's not man's invention. It was God's, God's invention. God's the one who put it. You know what? And God takes them down and puts them up. So Mary's song, we need to... Re, re, to reverse our ambitions if we want to, to succeed in God's, in God's wor- world, don't, don't, don't buy the hype of this world's system to dish you out of your mind and to contaminate your mind. Stick with God. Look what the Bible says about this, about this prideful thing. In Luke chapter 14, verse 11, it says, For whosoever so have exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humble himself shall be exalted. To seek humility, not glory. Labor for the Lord not ourselves. Stop caring who gets the credit. Give without expecting anything in return. Take the back seat if you have to. Stop complaining and trust God. Stop bickering and humble yourself before the Lord. Do all these things in a quiet spirit. That's the path of greatness in the kingdom of God. God says, trust me. Look what it says in Isaiah sixty-two, verse 66 verse 2. For all those things had mine hand made. And all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and tremble at my word. You know the problem of our world today? People have no respect for God. When you use God's name in, in curse statements, you're telling me that you have no respect for God at all. Right. So, right. Right. And when you say to them, can you stop saying that? And they keep repeating. It shows them they have no respect for God. Yeah. But they want to go to heaven. Yeah, right. yeah. Let us see. We will fill the hungry. Luke looks at it in verse 50, 53 of our text. And he had filled the hungry with goods, and the rich he had sent empty. God is looking for reliable people who are hungry for him. God is looking for people of a humble, contrite heart. whose primary goal is to serve him. Sad to say, but we live in a day and age where people, people's primary goal is not God, is themselves. The only thing that they can see is self and no one else. Do you want to know why there's so much selfishness in our world? Do you want to know why people can't get along? They have too much selfishness in their hearts. God is not looking for selfish or or self-worship people. He's looking for humble and contrite hearts. Do you know why people don't want to go to the house of God these days? They're too busy with their self-centeredness and selfish lives that they live. Life is about them, not about God. All right. My job is working seven days a week, and they mock you, make fun of you because you don't go to work on Sunday. You say that you're going to give up on double time and a half to go to church. Yeah. You you see that with that face? Yeah. Why don't you do the same? Oh, I lose too much money. Well, if you don't have, you don't lose. right? But see, but this is the condition of our. Listen, don't, don't misunderstand me here. If your job, you have to work on a Sunday, that's fine. God understands that. But when we purposely do that for the sake because that's what we want is the money, forget about God. We're not trusting God, we're trusting the dollar. Sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, but God will take care of me? Yes, He will take care of you. He will. Why do we trust God for salvation and we not trust God for living? Why do we do that? Look what the Bible says in Matthew five, verse six Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And look what it says in 1 Corinthians one twenty seven but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base these, these things of the world that things that are despised had God chosen. Yea, and things that which are not to bring to naught things there are. That no flesh shall glorify in this present. God says, no one who thinks that there is something earth go before me and glorifies himself before me. You know what he says? Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord Amen. for the glory of the Father. Amen. I'll tell you what. We people think, I don't need God, I don't need church, I don't need this Word. I I'm going to live the way I want to live and I don't care about anybody else. You know what? If that's your choice, then do it. But you know what? In the end, you're not going to tell God what you think you want to tell God. You will admit who He is like Mary singing right here. What a mistake that people do that elevate Mary to, a per, to, a, to, the, to the place of God. That's heresy. That's heresy. We don't worship Mary as a sinner like we are. We worship the mighty God, the living God. He's the one, the creator of all. You know, that's what we do. The Bible does not talk about worship anybody else, but God Almighty. To Him be the glory. He's the one we are to worship. We're not to worship no person that lives in this world Now we consider a saint now. By the way, if you're a Christian here, you consider a saint in the eyes of God. Your sins have been forgiven. The righteousness of, of Jesus is imputed in you. So not the world, the world sees you as, as a rotten sinner just like they are. God looks at you and sees the righteousness of Jesus in you. The Bible says we are the saints. What are we going to do? Bow to each other and worship each other? No, we worship the almighty God. He's the one, to him, we bow. Number four, Mary's song of gratitude. Mary's situation was not the greatest one, but she teaches this morning a great lesson to every believer here. Listen, regardless of her situation, she's praising God for what he was doing in her life. Was she afraid? Probably. Was she concerned about her situation? Probably. Probably. Did she knew how things were going to turn up? Probably not. That she knew how things were going to turn up. No. Mary was simply trusting the Lord with the situation. Something that all of us need to do. Listen, folks, sometimes we got consumed and overconsumed of something that may happen next week. We lose sleep. We don't eat. We get sick. We got stomach aches. And, you know, and it gets to the day, guess what? Nothing happened. And you sit down and go like, why in the world did I do that for? Here's the thing, did I trust God? Trust the Lord. That's what Mary did. You know, she could have been stoned to death, yes. She could have made made a public humiliation, her her family, for her situation. Yeah, that could happen. You know what? She trusted the Lord. She was in the center of God's will doing what God wanted her to do. She believed God was going to take care of her. You know what? And God did. Mary was simply trusting the Lord. Letter A, a song of redemption. We see a song of redemption. Look at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul thou magnify the Lord and my spirit I rejoice in God my Savior. Mary begins her song with, with, with praise for her salvation. She was called of God to deliver the Lord Into the world. And she was also uh, in need of salvation. Because she was a sinner. Let me put it this way. Listen. You show me in the Bible. When we pray to certain people. So they can pray for us. We pray in Jesus name. That's because he's our mediator. Between God the father. We pray to the father. In Jesus name. And he prays for us in heaven. Nobody else. You see, that's she admits right here she is a sinner. Listen, was she a bad person? No, I'm not saying that like, no. She was a wonderful creature. She, the Lord looked at her with great grace, but she was not God. She was a vessel used by the Lord. Listen, I'm not trying to put anybody down, not trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to put any denomination down, but we do not bow down before Mary and pray to her. We're wasting our time. She is not God. We should not bow down before any saint that people create out there. We don't bow down, like I said, don't bow down to each other. We bow down to the God of our creation. To him, we bow our knee. To him, we pray in Jesus' name. See, everyone in this world, everyone here was born a sinner, and Mary was born a sinner as well. Her mom and dad were sinners, and Mary was born into sin, just like all of us. And she admits right here, she said, verse 47, And my spirit had rejoiced in God, my Savior. Listen, what a privilege to be able to sing of my redemption, isn't it? There are times when we cannot contain our hearts and we sing. I don't know about you. And I, I, you know, I only can see me. But I don't know about you. But ain't that great, you know, you start in the morning, you get out of bed, and boom, there's a song in your heart. Yeah. You know, and you're singing. And that song never leaves you all day long. Have you been there? Well, it's just me? Maybe it's just me. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, we, you, know, you know, we rejoice all day. And uh, sometimes even I work, you're going to stop singing that song today? <laughs> uh, what song? <laughs> you just keep singing it. It's wonderful to be saved. And Mary right here is a reflection of that. She's rejoicing in her salvation. She's rejoicing probably with fear, but trusting the Lord that God was actually remembered her and he was going to use her. You say, Pastor, that's a wonderful story. But you know, does God do these things today? Yes, he does. How many thousands of people he have used through the ages to bring great accomplishment, accomplishments for him. Okay, let me put it this way. When you open your mouth and you're talking to another person about Jesus, what are you doing? God puts you in that situation. He's using you. Follow that? Because in our natural way the way we are, we don't want to tell anybody. We just want to go on with our own business. Do you ever ban in the store or on the street? And the Lord just go talk to that person about me. Get given one of those little tracks that you have at church. And you go, I'm going this way. He is calling you Mm -hmm. to tell someone. Because here's the thing. Think about the human, a human person. You never know what's going on in the mind of that person. That person might be walking by you and her life or his life might be a total mess. They might be looking for someone to talk to. They might be in financial disarray. It can be all kinds of, we don't know. God knows. And God knows, less. And my word can reach that person. And my, my word can penetrate that heart. And my word can be a transformation to that person. It's not that things are going to change from night to day, but you understand what I'm saying here. And God says, I'm going to use you. See, God used Mary 2023 years ago. God can use you here today. Is the same God with the same power. Let it be we see a song of ref- reflection in verse 38. For yet regard the lowest state of his handmaid, Mary is reflecting of who she is. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. Mary sang, sang a song of wonder right here and, and, and of, his, of God's mercy and grace. She sees her condition before the Lord right here, and she is overwhelmed. How can he love me this much? How can he use me, a sinner like me? Let us see, we see a song of rejoicing. Almost done. For he he that is mighty had done to me great things. And look what he says. And holy is his name these were difficult days for sure the days that she lived and we sure there are those who whisper about her condition here she liked she likely was treated probably harshly can you imagine in those days a young virgin not even married yet and you know how a lady gets when she's expecting a child can you hear the voices the mockery can you imagine in a little village where everybody knows everybody? Let me put it this way. You think, is you know, in America, you don't, sometimes we don't even want a neighbor across the street. When I live in Portugal in that little town that I lived, I knew everybody by name. As so you did, yeah. You told me what so-and-so lives. Go to that house, this, 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 right there. Everybody by name and by age, too. Such a small community. Imagine the small communities. Everybody knew Mary. Can you imagine the mockery? And the insinuation, the jokes that came out. And Mary had to endure all that. But she rejoicing in the Lord. Listen, folks. Don't get overwhelmed if people mock you because you're a Christian. Don't get discouraged because people think you're weird. You know, just live for the Lord. Show them that, you know what? I'm in the side of the wall. I like it better than the other side of the wall. Sometimes we some Christians, and I say all oh, Christians, some Christians think they're missing out in life. Yeah, jump to the other side. I'm missing out. We're missing out on what? We're not missing out on anything. A song of rejoicing. I conclude with this Christmas is a time of celebration. Not your celebration, not my celebration. Christmas is not about family, like many people want to say. Christmas is about Jesus. You follow that? No, listen, I understand the way cultures do and the way people are. Christmas isn't about family. It's not about you. It's not about me. Christmas is about Jesus. If we miss that point, you miss Christmas altogether. We celebrate Christmas. We celebrate the birth of our great Savior. To, that he came because he loves you that much. Let's celebrate Jesus this December. Let's praise his name. And let's tell people Merry Christmas. You know, you know, just say Merry Christmas. I mean, this morning I, I drive to, I don't want to say the name of the coffee place, Starbucks. And I got my coffee. And I said to the lady, like, Merry Christmas. Thank you for your service this morning. She didn't even smile at me. That's oh, okay, but well, I was smiling at her. <laughs> Let's celebrate Christmas because it's the birth of our Savior. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this, for Mary, for her example. Lord, she admitted she was a sinner just like all of us are. We are far from perfect. But, Lord, if we even think about that, the righteousness of Jesus is imputed on us. It's hard for us even to understand that. But thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for heaven. Thank you for Jesus who came to this world to die for us. Thank you, Lord. We are forever grateful of your goodness and your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you could stand, please. We have a song of invitation this morning. What's the number? 326. 326. You can follow in the songbook or you can follow the screens. 326. Well, if it's in your heart, if something that you want to pray about is an altar here, many things you can do this morning. Let's sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Light of His glory and grace. I tell you, this Christmas, put your eyes on Jesus. Think about who you're celebrating this Christmas. You're not celebrating you, that's for sure. You're not celebrating your family. You're not celebrating anybody. We celebrate Jesus. This is the month we celebrate His birth. And say, well, listen. It is important we celebrate His birth with joy and gratitude of heart. But you don't know what happened to me during during December. No, I don't, but God knows. We celebrate Him, the Almighty God. He came, shed His blood for me and you. But think about it. The Jesus of Bethlehem is the Christ of Calvary. He is the same one. Are you saved here this morning? Here's the question. If you were to die right now, I'm not trying to scare you, okay? Are you 100% sure you're going to heaven. Follow that? I said, that's the greatest question that any human being can get. And God deserves an answer. Doesn't He? He created us. If you were to die right now, are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? If your eyes are to close right now and your body go lifeless, where are you going? Are you going to heaven? It's the reality. Jesus came to die for sinners. You looking for a home church? Wanna make his Bay Baptist church your home? Come forward, whatever's in your heart. We love it we love Jesus here, you know. We love to sing the songs of Zion here. We do. We love people too in the name of Jesus. We do. We don't play church here. We preach the word of God. That's what we do. I'm so grateful you came this morning to hear the word of God this morning. Let's give glory to God all day long, right, and celebrate Christmas for what it is. Let's sing one more verse, and we will close. Through death into life everlasting, he passed and we follow. I pray the Lord will bless you today as we go our ways. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for our meeting this morning. seems like Sunday just flies by, Lord. But thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being of God's people this morning, for the wonderful fellowship, for Sunday school hour, for this time of worship, Lord. To, uh, Lord, we give you praise and honor and glory. And I pray again, Lord, if there's someone here or online that don't know you as personal Savior, may even in the, in the privacy of their own homes, they do business with you, Lord. And for Christians, Lord, help us to turn our eyes upon you as Mary did, to live a life that honors and glorifies your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.